Welcome back to the Secret Weapon Podcast with Madam Sharps Salisbury, um, the podcast where we find out live that Tommy Edmund is faster than Malik Smith. Today we're going to talk about a couple more of the Manfred shenanigans, how he's considering keeping the current playoff format, um, looking at some of the teams that have recently clinched, and then also maybe looking at some some more stat cast stuff because that's always fun. So how are you guys doing? Living the dream. Living the dream. Having a great time. One week left in the regular season. It's crazy how fast it's gone by this year. Yeah. Fantasy was really, really short this year. It was yeah. like taking a six-week regular season, and then I got knocked out in the first round. So. I tell you, man, my lineup got killed because I just had these dudes going on a 10-day DL at the end of the regular season. Yeah. It's Tough scene. Threw the train right off the rails for me. And uh, my team got cold at the wrong time. Very tough. Short season. Yeah. All margin for error. It's a very streaky sport, so you never know what's, what's going to happen. Anyone can win. As I mentioned, we are going to talk about the, the playoff format. Um, Rob Manfred recently said that um, he's there, – there are a lot of positives. There's a lot of momentum around the league that – um, the MLB will consider keeping the 16-team playoff format for good. Um, it's usually – it goes down to 10 teams, but usually it's 12 teams make the playoffs um, or make a playoff game. That goes down to 10 with the two wild card games. And then from there, they have the divisional series um, and so on. And this year, they expanded to 16 because of the, the shortened season um, as – I think they should have. I like the idea, um, keeping it fair, keeping more teams involved. But what do you guys think about keeping that past this season? I'm not necessarily a huge fan. Do you guys have any immediate thoughts? I think assuming that they do end up keeping it, I think they should make the regular season itself shorter. You know, 162 games, I think, in a normal situation is unreasonable to begin with. So I think for the fans and maybe the players, maybe shake things up, bring a little more entertainment to the sport maybe expanding the playoffs, reducing the regular season, giving players some more days off during the year by just building them into the schedule rather than making them just sit out when they're actually having the games. I think that could be beneficial. Yeah, I, I probably agree with Sal's on this. Um, I do actually like the, ex, the expanded playoff format because we get to see a lot of different matchups that wouldn't have happened otherwise. Um and there's the opportunity for more upsets in the playoffs, which I think is kind of rare in baseball sometimes. Um, so I think that's a good thing for the sport. But I do agree if they're going to expand the playoffs and make it longer that the regular season does have to be shorter because they don't want to be playing like damn near 200 games. That's just way too much. Yeah. How many teams do you think they keep 16 for you? what you guys want? Would you rather have 16 or would you rather have maybe 12, 14? But right now we'll call it as 12 with the wild curve. It's really 10. I think it should stay 16. I think that the way it should work for the first round games is the lower seed. May, I think the lower seed should have to win the first game to get it to be a three-game series, the first game. So kind of like what the NBA is doing with the play, like the, the play-in game? Yeah, like what they did with the play-in games, yeah. I think I like the 16 because especially with what, – what's the normal number that make the playoffs, 12? It was it? 12 last year with 12. the bottom 
two or yeah bottom playing games. So I kind of like the sixteen because if you look at some of the other major sports in in America, like the NBA, the sixteen teams make the playoffs, and it's a thirty team league, so over half the teams make the playoffs. And with the NHL, there's thirty one teams, and sixteen make the playoffs for them as well. And I always find the playoffs very exciting in all of those sports. So the more games, the better, in my opinion. I do like having more games. Um, I'm concerned about how – I mean, you mentioned that they're going to have to reduce the regular season, which I agree with if they keep the playoffs. But even with, say – I mean, I don't think they're going to do anything drastic with the playoff or, or with the uh, regular season games because right now they're at um, 162, right? So that's – yeah. I mean, that's a lot of games. If they reduce it 10%, then you're still looking at, like, like 145 games, which is a little, still a lot. And at that point, over half the teams are making it with 140-plus games. I'm worried that the entertainment value, not only for the players but for the fans, is going to be a lot lower just because the games are going to mean so much less. I think the MLB – is kind of in a good spot where their playoffs are exciting. And a lot of that's because of the fact that they get the best teams that deserve to be there. Um, I do like the upside idea. I like seeing more guys playing that postseason style, but there's something to be said for grinding out a season, finishing that top third of the league and then being rewarded with playoff series. So I think that if they, if they do reduce, if they do increase it, I think they should maybe go to like, like a 12, to 14 at most. Um, I, I like it as less than half the league, though, for baseball, just to make the regular season more important. Yeah. I agree with your idea where the, the rationale for maybe keeping the season as long as it is with teams, really, the ones that end up making the playoffs deserving. I, I just think, like, as far as a, a broader league standpoint, maybe inviting more teams in, some maybe not deserving, closer to that 500 mark, you know, maybe just sneaking in I think and I and I think also like giving the opportunity for there to actually be an upset obviously it would discredit maybe the regular season accomplishments of teams maybe getting the 101 seasons getting knocked out in the first round but I think that's also what would make it good entertainment is seeing big dogs yeah. like the Dodgers or the Yankees or insert team that had a great regular season just getting knocked out in the playoffs. I think I'd hate to see like a below 500 because this could happen. You could have a team that finishes like, you know, I think I don't think you're going to really have that though. Cause like, no, I don't think so either. Especially if you're taking the top two third place teams or top two non second place teams. I don't think, especially if you put it out over more games, I don't, I don't think those third place teams are going to be lower than 500. I mean, what's the NL East right now? Like, what's the second place team in that division? What are they? What's their What's their winning percentage? They're all over five hundred. It looks like. Right, yeah, for, but okay. So the Mar it's the Marlins, and they. I mean, it's the Marlins. Marlins are three games over five hundred currently. That's actually Cardinals are two insane. games over five hundred. Padres are fourteen games over five hundred. You could easily get a team that's at or below five hundred with a bad year for a division. And then they go into the playoffs in a three-game series and beat, you know, the Dodgers that won close to 100 games if you're keeping the same number of games. It just doesn't seem right to me entirely. Um, while it'd be exciting, I just – the fact that 162 games and even you could say 140 games, if they do reduce it, comes down to a three-game series, 
I don't know. For me, it's not the, not the move. I can understand. I think it puts a premium on good pitching, which is honestly what ends up winning World Series for a lot of teams yeah. is having a good pitching staff. That's true. Honestly, having those guys at the top. I honestly think a lot of, like, casual MLB fans, like, also undervalue pitching. They don't realize how important it is. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Especially in the playoffs. Like, relief pitchers become so much more important in the playoffs. People are always talking about the Tatis, the Acuna, the vets of the MLB, but they're not They're not as much talking about some of these ace pitchers. Besides, obviously, like, DeGrom and Verlander. So there's plenty of other aces that just don't get as much attention. Oh right! I mean, you ask any, you ask a casual fan who's the best player in the Brewers this year, they're gonna say Yelich. He's not even the best hitter, let alone the best player. The best player has been Corbin Burns. Yeah. Where he might, he could win the Cy Young. He's got a one seven seven ERA and is a strikeout freak. So. Yeah, no people. I feel like just people all consistently uh, overlook the importance of pitching. Like, if you're a casual Yankees fan, you see their starting lineup and you're like, holy crap. <laughs> How does this team lose? And then you take a look at their pitching staff right now. Obviously, they're hurt, but who they're going to have pitching? King. We see King on the mound. I mean, you should have seen their. You should have seen their pitching tonight. Holy crap! Man. That's what I'm saying. It's, Michael King. Like they got those. They got guys at the top, but I tell you, once you get past the first few guys in their starting rotation and the first few guys yeah. in their bullpen, it's it's garbage. Yikes. It's yikes. Yeah. It's bad, and, and it's and part of that's obviously an injury thing. Like you're you're bound to lose guys during the season. Obviously, the Yankees sort of caught that. They already had Severino out. They lost Paxton for the season. They lost Canley for the season. But they're, they're in trouble. Yeah. Honestly, in the playoffs, they're going to be in trouble. They are. I know. And I was very optimistic coming into the season, but still got a nice yeah. make it happen. Yeah, um, I, mean, I do like I do like the rookie that they they called up, Davy Garcia. He's very good. He showed out his last couple starts. Yeah, he's been solid throughout so far, which is definitely he's got a sub one whip, and he hasn't lost a game, averaging about yeah. strikeout yeah. inning. I'm pretty sure. But he's, he's put them in a position to win the game every time. That's all you can really ask from a pitcher. Um, I guess to make one last point on the playoff thing, I mean, because we, we talk about stats so much and. Baseball is a sport where stats are more important than any other game, especially total stats over the course of the season. Um, it just means so much. And I mean, the fans, of course, but to the players too. Like these are, mm-hmm. I think it'd be really, there's going to be a lot of backlash to reducing the regular season just because of that, because the game's been around for so long. Yeah. I mean, I hear you on that, but at the same time, if we're being realistic, baseball has dropped down in popularity yeah. over the past few years, and I think they need to do something to make it more relevant. Yeah, if you're going to make honest. a change, I think now's the time to do it because baseball's going to be around for a lot longer. It's already been around for a lot, but the longer you wait, the more people are going to be upset because it's been around for so long. So I get what yeah, you're saying with that. They, they I just, I just think it's not as... It's not going to be as, as easy to just make a change like that as it would be in some other sports. Yeah. Cause... Well, I under, I understand your point too, Madams, with maybe there being a different formatted season, having an impact on what the stats actually mean relative to historical stats. But I think, I think from an entertainment standpoint and like the NBA has been successfully doing, bringing more attention and a wider base to actually be watching their games, I, I think – sort of the formula is a more enticing playoff format and reducing the regular season. I... Yeah. 
I, I definitely agree. I think the NBA has done a great job getting it, picking up international fans recently, which is huge because obviously a lot of the players are coming from Europe and um, they have, they always have had a big fan base over in Asia as well. Yeah. And now a lot of players, instead of going to college, are choosing to play professionally overseas or go to the G, go to the G League. And um, like, for example, like one of the players in this year's draft, uh, RJ Hampton for basketball, he played in New Zealand. So I think him playing there and then going to the NBA, a lot of people from New Zealand or Australia, whoever watches that mm-hmm. league, are going to go in turn watch the NBA because they saw him play. Mm-hmm. And they're going to say, oh, that's cool. He's from here. Like, what are the odds he makes the NBA? Same thing with baseball. So, baseball, think, obviously, when they bring over Japanese players, the Japanese, like, fan base, they, they turn over and watch all their games. Yeah, and that's definitely huge for the game. It's just, like, obviously the baseball as a whole, I feel like it's very limited to, like, the United States, like, North America, maybe the Caribbean, and then Japan. I think that's yeah. what – that's kind of it, you know, like. Yeah, I remember because I remember when Otani came over, it was such a big deal. Everyone was so hyped. They had like a 60 minutes about him before he even came over mm-hmm. here. All the Japanese fans were super hyped. Same with Madam's boy. Uh, what's his name? Kaikuchi from the Mariners. You say. Yeah, he's nice. Uh, it's just the time zone difference is kind of tough, you know, but some of those fans are so dedicated that they'll get up in the early hours or late hours of the night to watch those players play. I mean, it was nice that the, uh, during the little hiatus there, the KBO got some attention. Yeah. It was cool to see because it's just, it's just interesting to see how many different leagues there are around the world that operate differently. Yeah. Some of the ways they did things that may have been different than the way things are done here. Gotta be a fan of the leg kicks and KBO. Yeah. Gotta be a fan. I know they got some interesting tactics to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Ryu is from Korea. You know, he's Girl, nasty. Yeah. You know, hopefully we get. To, I, I always like it when international players come over. I always think it's really cool. I think it's good for the game yeah, too. Because yeah. a lot of those players play differently than. A lot of the American players. Well, I think it's interesting, especially with the Korean and the Japanese leagues, because a lot of times you see these guys having played in, like, nationally televised games in just different leagues as opposed yeah. to Caribbean players where they just come off – they, like, come over the boat when they're 16 on an international contract. Yeah, I know. They sign for, like, and 20 grand and then come. Yeah, and then they'll just sit in the farm system for five years and all of a sudden they'll just show up, you know. Like, yeah, you actually a- see these guys in – the Pacific leagues, they're just I know, like, like they already got a fan base, which is great. I know, like they just signed a like the Yankees signed Jason Dominguez. He's only seventeen still. Exactly. They paid big money for him though, and uh, a couple other young players in the minors: Marco Luciano, Julio Rodriguez. They both they both came over when they were like sixteen years old, and they're all top one hundred prospects now. It's kind of cool. Yeah, to yeah. See. But yeah, I definitely, I definitely think the MLB should try i don't know it's hard because baseball isn't popular in like europe really or australia even um i remember it was it was so cool when like the little league world series was going on and they had the team from uganda in the little league world series that was awesome so i think 
baseball should try to focus on maybe maybe not focus but you know maybe try to popularize the sport more so like kids from these other countries can start playing and i think it'd be cool to get players from all around the world into the league because right now it's right now it's just like north america like islands and then asia and that's it versus basketball has literally every country I mean, yeah. that, those, those, that's where you find stars from, too, from these camps. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, we all know, or maybe not everyone, but we know that Siakam came from – he was discovered by Luke uh, and Bob Mute, uh, the Basketball Without Borders uh, program. Yeah, or like, that's awesome. There that, was the Africa Games something. I don't know, but it, it was really talented. It just came from here. And there's talented people all over the world that would be great for baseball um, from a lot of areas that may not have – all the same opportunities. So it'd be cool to see it expand. Yeah. It was like that, um, forgetting the movie name, but it was one of those two cricket players from India, that dude, the agent signed them and they yeah, came million over. Dollar yeah, million dollar arm. Oh, they, yeah. he, he signed them and they came over and they actually played in the minor leagues and stuff. I don't think they yeah. ever made the league, but that was super cool. Like, cause it was like so unheard of to like mm-hmm. have like an Indian born player playing the MLB. But I feel like if baseball – because the thing with baseball is they market the sport horribly, like, because they don't allow – what is it? They they don't allow, like, you to use their videos, their highlight clips. It's only the MLB Instagram accounts. All their official accounts are the only ones who can post it. So you'll never see, like, Mike Trout robbing a home run on Bleacher Report or House of Highlights, which is where, like, a lot of people, like, casual sports fans follow, and they see, like, oh, LeBron James making a sick dunk. They're like, oh, wow, that's awesome. I'll watch basketball. But there isn't clips like that for baseball on these other accounts, so it's harder to bring in more fans. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I think in a lot of those – and a lot of the uh, – and a lot of that revenue for production is endowed to the, the contracts they have with the different teams and their sports networks. Yeah. And that's, and that's honestly, I think, part of the reason, too, that they may not end up changing the regular season schedule after all. It's like these regular season games, you got networks like, yes, you got like, I don't know what, Fox Sports or Turner, who's marketing all the games for the Braves. SNY. SNY for the Mets. Like, these guys are making huge amounts of revenue by having so many games. contracts with the teams to broadcast these games. I know, and so, the more the games, the better for them. Better exactly. For whether whether or not they're marginally gaining or losing fans. I, I mean, I think there's always going to be a market for watching the games from your television, but I yeah. think that the important part about having fans in the stands selling out these games and expanding it beyond just these networks is key in trying to sort of uh, – make the game more worldwide yeah. popularity. No. Yeah, no, just a few things to note. It's just, you know, I, I love baseball. I want the sport to keep growing, and it's kind of frustrating when they're just – it doesn't seem like they're doing much to do that. It's, it's interesting, interesting to think about how, like, two sports everyone plays, like, at some point, like, almost everyone. They played Little League Baseball, and they played, like, Youth soccer. Yeah, exactly. Everyone did that. Yeah. And then these are the two sports that are like the least popular among the major ones once they get to the older level. Yeah, in America. Not necessarily participation-wise, but just like national interest. Um, 
baseball obviously has been around for such a long time. There's still a huge fan base, but mm. it's not. It's it's losing ground fast to to basketball and football. It's becoming, it's becoming increasing, increasingly niche. Yeah, exactly. It's true. A lot of younger kids aren't, you know, picking up and playing little league baseball as much anymore. Yeah, which is you know sad, but and they yeah, same goes for soccer. It was not very popular in the U.S. except around like World Cup time usually. Yeah. But like with the likes of like Christian Pulisic and like all these other young American players that are signing with big clubs overseas in Europe, it's like definitely helping them, helping the sport. <laughs> At least with soccer, you can point to the fact that our league is not a t- power league in the world, whereas yeah. for baseball, we have the best league in the world, so there's no excuse for it not to be extremely yeah, exactly. popular. It's all in the marketing, and I think they could definitely be doing a better job. Yeah, they could be doing a better job for sure. I think them and the NHL are the two leagues that need to start doing a better job. I did, I personally didn't know the Stanley Cup final was on until I literally accidentally <laughs> stumbled across it yeah. on TV. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely not marketed nearly as much. Um, it's not as popular, which is part of that reason. But well, I feel like I feel like hockey is like a pretty entertaining sport, and if they oh, wanted definitely. to, they could get a lot of people who don't know anything about hockey to start watching. Exactly. Who doesn't want to watch a version of football that's played on ice? Yeah, exactly. Sorry, hockey fans, if I made that terrible metaphor for you. No, hockey's lit. Yeah, funded. I enjoy I enjoy a good uh, cross check and body check. Every possession, there's good entertainment. They're looking to score. It's like because when you watch soccer, I mean soccer is completely different. But when you watch soccer, it's like the most exciting points are the ones where they're looking for an opening to score, and then they go on the counter and all this. But then in hockey, that's every single moment. They're either on a counter or they're looking to score. So it's just super interesting. It's different, obviously. So it's not the one is better than the other, but it's definitely exciting for people who aren't big fans of the sport. Yeah, and I also like to point out tonight, Jacob Degrom had 14 strikeouts and seven he innings. He was one pitch away from an immaculate inning in the, in the first inning. Yeah, it was like a 99 mile per hour, barely outside pitch. Yeah, so he had 14 strikeouts and in seven innings and let up two runs on four hits. And people are saying that that was a bad outing for him to just, just to show you, just to put in perspective how good he is. How many runs? Two. <laughs> on four they hits. Suck. Yeah. He's, he's got to be the best pitcher in the MLB. He just yeah. has to be. I mean, yeah. I thought it was Cole and Cole hasn't been as good as the ground. Well, I think Cole's regressed to more of a, uh, he, he's definitely still, if you look at. He's top three. Top. Like, he's there. So, the Yankees pitching coaches or something. I don't know. Guys just aren't as good as they should be. Paxton, same thing. You saw Paxton, Sonny Gray. I thought, thought, thought Paxton was really good. Sonny Gray's a beast now on the yeah, Reds. He was a beast before, yeah, too. Yankees just wasn't for him. <laughs> they were trying to make yeah. him throw pitches he didn't throw. Well, Larry Rothschild is no longer uh, there. Yeah. Got the guy from driveline there now. So, Definitely give that a few more years, see how that pans out. I'm sure, I mean, driveline's analytics-driven and almost exclusively that. So being able to pump that into your rotation is definitely hey, good, modernize. Yeah, for sure. I mean, simple, like, sport performance data will tell you that, like, 
help Dustin May a lot because he's leading the MLB in average fastball velocity. He's at 99.2 this season. Yeah. And guess what he did over the offseason? He put on 20 pounds. That direct correlation between velocity and body mass is you – know, I mean, I don't think – times – I don't think the 20 pounds was all muscle. He grew a little bit of hair there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, facts. (laughs) He's got the lettuce. (laughs) Most improved from a baseball and a hair standpoint, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome. Pitching is just at the best it's ever been in the MLB. It's really fun to watch, honestly. Honestly, I'm getting to the point where I like watching – certain pitchers pitch versus hitters hit. Oh, definitely. I've always loved pitching. I think it's the most exciting thing to watch. Um, I mean, a bomb every once in a while is nice too. But Like that rookie on the Brewers, Devin yeah, Williams, Williams his changeup change literally does not make sense. It's already a top three pitch in the league. He's a rookie. Yeah. It's, it, it's ridiculous. He's like airbending. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. <laughs> literally. I have no clue how he does it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, when we do our um, build a team thing, yeah, that might be one of the first ones off the board. Devin Williams changeup. Yeah, build a pitcher. Holy crap! I'm taking that pitch as my changeup all day. Oh, yeah. Taking Degrom's fastball. Devin Williams changeup. I'll take Karen Chack's curveball. Another rookie. Oh yeah, true. Nasty. The Gronk. And I'll take uh, Eric Kratz knuckleball. Come on now. Doing R.A. Dickey dirty. Eric Kratz. I was talking to Styles before this. Eric Kratz and Todd Frazier have thrown all seven knuckleballs this season. I mean, Todd Frazier had a proven track record as a good pitcher. Dude pitched in the Little League World Series. Yeah, for the MLB. He's out here throwing a a 55-mile-an-hour knuckleball. You know how many MLB players pitched in Little League just because Todd Frazier was on TV? Dudes that probably pitched in college and just became hitters. What else do you want to talk about, Madams? Let me find a stat. We'll talk about it. Can oh, you talk about how Manny Ramirez signed a one-year deal in Australia to play for the Sydney Blue Sox? Oh, I didn't even know that. What the hell? Oh. We were just talking about Australian baseball, too. That's yeah. Manny Ramirez last played Manny Ramirez the has played in, in like every, every professional league around the world at this point. He's chasing his bag. I respect it. He, he last played in Japan – he was chasing yeah, the wrong bag when he was on the race, though. That's why they got suspended. Yeah, I know. That man, man, he was a clown. <laughs> it's quite the character, to say the least. It was good for the sport, honestly, to have someone like him, though. Oh, Just such an interesting dude. <laughs> I think part of the thing, too, maybe what ends up making the league more marketable again is bringing back some rivalries that actually exist, you know? Yeah. Like at this point, like, at this point, for me, I get more excited about a Yankees-Rays rivalry than a Yankees-Red Sox rivalry. I know. The Red Sox, Red Sox are lacking. <laughs> Got to pick that shit up. Yeah. Obviously, they've had a bunch of guys hurt, but I think even when they have a full lineup, they're not any better. Not than as good. I don't think they're any better than the Jays. No, sir. Let's talk about how Brock Holt has the slowest home run trot in the league with an average of 32.5 seconds. He's savoring it. What's Brock Holt running so slow for? Brock Holt doesn't hit that many, so he's savoring it each one he gets. 
Oh, he's only got one home run. So. Yeah. <laughs> he's savoring it, bro. Six of the top seven slowest home run trots on average for players are guys with only one. So they're just <laughs> taking their time. Their first it's time. mad random. It's oh, and then all of the top ten have two or less. Yeah. I mean, Brock Holt's only got 23 career home runs, so he's savoring them. Am I looking at the wrong thing? Why does it say that Yusei Kikuchi has three home runs? I wonder if it includes pitchers. Like, home runs given up, how long it takes. Oh, for God. That's mad funny. Oh, this Brock. is for – wait, what is this? Did Brock – did Brock Holt pitch? Probably. He must have. Yeah, he's like a – he's a utility player, so. Well, yeah, this is for pitchers. So – Oh, so whoever hit a home run off Brock Holt was running really slow. <laughs> it was it was flexing it was, on him. Make a phone. Now yeah, it like, was flexing on a position player pitching. I'm dead. I'm dead. Hey, has the slowest home run try on average for a hitter. Who? 28 seconds. Pedro Severino, that dude's slow, isn't he a catcher? Yeah, for the Orioles. Um. Fastest home run shot on average on eight home runs is Brandon Nimmo. So he's a guy who gets hit by so many pitches. He just probably runs faster on the bases as well when it's a home run. He's just he probably does hard 90s. Hard 90s for the scouts, always. Oh, we talk about give us, give us top Soto five. Top OPS. Yeah, top five OPSs in the league right now. I got it. I'll pull it up. So we're talking yeah. about boring stats. All right. How about most – now let's talk about the boring stat because it's a most very important balls. stat. We'll, we'll most let sharps look up the most boring. balls thrown. I'm a boring up, person. Strikes. Yeah. I'll look up exit velocity and barrels. All right, we got the top five OPS here. If you guys, you guys want to guess who's? Uh, yeah. yeah. Mike Trout. You, Mike Trout is number seven. He's over one though, so that means there's yeah. six other guys that are over one at least. Give me a. Uh, give me a uh, Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt is. Twelfth, Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu is sixth. All right. What do we got to get top five guys? Yeah, I already told you Soto's number one. He has eleven fifty one OPS. Jesus. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna go with Mookie. Mookie is not. He's fifteenth. Terrible. I'm, I'm I'm striking out on this. All right, I'll give you a hint. Two of the players play on the same team. DJ LeMahieu. He is number four. Let's go. Give me, uh, give me a Jose Abreu and Tim Anderson. Uh, Abreu is six. Tim that. Anderson is 14. Oh. Ow. Come on, Sal's. Um, Let me go with John Birdie. No, I'm just kidding. Um. And he comes in 200 and no, I'm playing. <laughs> 271st. Out of 271 qualifying players. Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz is number five. I'm dominant. Uh, Madam's is smoking mm. here right now. Who's, who, I, I'm like forgetting who's like second. There's two players oh, left. Give me Tatis. Give me Tatis. Oh, yeah. Fernando Tatis is number 22. What? Because he's on a bad stretch right now. <laughs> Oh, man, why is he got to play bad right now? I haven't even been paying attention this year. I'm smoking. Two players, the two players that are left are numbers two and three, and they both play on the same team. 
and the same, the same division. Team. And the division is in the NL. I'm just totally drawing a blank. The listeners are definitely like, it's this guy and this guy. Like, you guys are idiots. Um, Acuna? Yeah, he's number three. Uh-huh. And Jose Ramirez? Friday. No. No, it's his teammate. It's a teammate. Yeah, it's Freddie, right? Yeah, it's Freddie, number two. Yeah. So it's Soto, Freddie, Acuna, LeMahieu, and Ramirez. Cruz. Yeah, you're a bot. It's a wrong team. At least I got four in the top five. Sal's got like 22, 46. I got like 19. six in the top 20. You got, you, got, you got three in the top five there. I don't I get got like six away. in the top Me? 20. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I already, already gave you one. I'm missing that much. Well, you did I get got, number six, to be I fair. I got four of the top six. Did I get seven, too? Who was seven? Trout was seven. Yeah, I got five of the top seven. Madams, you want to award yourself the first place prize I'm or something? I'm winning. I'm winning in, in the, the Madams, Madams wants a sticker. The secret weapon standings for, you like, want a You want a fucking good I'm noodle sticker, Madams? I'll, I'll – I'll, you know what? I'm not even going to vote my victory. I'll just take my momentum into the next one. <laughs> you just do. You know, I'll, let, I'll let everyone else tell me how good I am. I'm not going to hug myself. Okay, okay, madams. You're fucked. Anyway, let's do a trivia for you guys. Oh, Which pitcher no. gave up the largest max velocity home run this year? Come on now. So who's the pitcher who just threw the worst pitch it just got rocked. Just got rocked. I have his autograph, Sharps. I think you may have been there too. Is it uh, Jose Barrios? No. Oh, it went 483. Holy shit. <laughs> so it had to have been a dude who went through the Red Wings stadium. Oh, he played there. He went through the um, Nationals farm system. Not to give away what team he's on. Uh, Nationals so farm system. Was it was it Strasburg? No. 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 He did play for the Syracuse Sky Chiefs though. Syracuse Chiefs, huh? Hmm. Man, we're really disappointing our fan base right now. Yeah. This is this is depressing. I mean, I wouldn't expect you guys to get it. Um, maybe Sharps because we got his autograph, but. What uh, what division is he in? He's on the Nationals. Not the Nationals. Fuck. Oh, is it Eric Fetty? Yeah, Eric Fetty. <laughs> Gave up a bomb. 121.3 miles per hour off the bat. Holy fuck. Who hit it? Oh, my God. We got to figure out who hit that. Oh, I got another one. Um, Which NLDH has the most home runs, Madams? NLDH? You said I'll, I'll search it right now. You tell me who you think it is. Dude, I don't know. NLDH? Jake Cronenworth. He's not a DH, is he? I don't know. Just made up a name. Uh, I'm going to go with... Definitely someone on the Braves. The Braves hit so many home runs. Uh, I'm going to go with Marcelo Zuna. I think he's a DH. Could be wrong. Let's see. Who is it? Give me a second. Hey. Today, Junior. <laughs> it is. Drum roll, please. 
And I believe you guessed him. Marcelo Zuna. Sharps. Somebody nerfed Sharps. 15 home runs. 15 dangers. That's tough. All right, since I'm built like that, bro, that's tough. Guess which pitcher has given up the most barrels this season? Barrel oh. being like <laughs> there's a stat for Bat- Matt Boyd. Yeah, oh, that's a really good guess. It's not him, um, but Barrel <laughs> Michael made, King after tonight's basically just square up a ball nice and just hit it very well. Uh, I don't believe the that's stat. It, ha- it has to be Matt Boyd. That <laughs> guy's so bad. Trash. He's third. Yeah, I couldn't even think of another one. He was the most obvious choice in my. The other two guys are big names. One of of them's having a solid year too. He just apparently gives up a lot of barrels. Number one is John Lester. Oh shit! Really? Like doing well. He got giving up twenty-two barrels though. Um, And number two is a guy who got in a dirt biking accident and now sucks. Oh shit! Not because of that, just because he throws like six miles an hour lower than when he was good. Damn. Madison Bumgardner. I didn't realize he got into a dirt biking accident. That was him, right? Yeah, he missed some time from that. Mad bomb. He's a playoff legend, though. True. So nasty in the playoffs. He literally would pitch so well. Bring him on two days rest. He will literally mess your team five up. innings to end the game. Hey, gives up one run. He threw... I think it was 30s. It was like low 30s percent of their innings, which is ridiculous. That's teams crazy. won't teams won't be able to do that this year because there's gonna be a lot less time in between games. Yeah, and pitchers just aren't conditioned like that. Yeah, they just they don't make them like they used to. You know? No, they don't. This is my man. What's his name? I don't know. Pick any name from the 1900s. They used to throw early 1900s. They throw like back-to-back double-header complete. Think about like twenty years ago. You have Roy Halladay, CC Sabathia. They're throwing complete games all the time. Now it's like, shit. Unless he's throwing under a hundred pitches, there's no way he's throwing a complete game. You know. We got to get back to that. Cy Young himself once once pitched fifty-three games in a season. (laughs) He probably all complete games. Forty-nine starts. That's like a high workload for slow pitch softball. Like Forty-eight complete games. <laughs> the whole season this year. Yeah, and he wasn't even the league leader with forty-eight that year. Dang, that was all the way back in uh, eighteen ninety-two. Cy Young is definitely the best pitcher without a Cy Young, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah, facts. Man once had thirty-two, thirty-six. Even win his own award. Man, Cy Young had once had 36 wins in one season. <laughs> that's, that's that's just crazy. dummy. I think it. I think there was a stat. It was like you could get 25 consecutive wins for is like over two decades, and you still would be like this many wins short of like Cy Young's all-time win total. Yeah, he's the all-time win total and loss total. Like 511 six. wins. Yeah, crazy. 315 losses. His 162 game average is 20 and 12. Imagine being Roger Clemens, who has seven Cy Young awards, and that's not impressive compared to Cy Young, who had the award named after him. Yeah. 
It's like, oh, you have seven of the award that was named after me? Oh, that's that's cute. Cy Young pitched 749 complete games in his career. <laughs> that dude's arm was about to fall off. Oh, my gosh. He was nasty, too. His career ERA is 2-6-3. <laughs> I mean, he also pitched in the dead ball era where literally, like, one-zero games were high-scoring. Like, that was before they made the first adjustment to the pitching mound. One-zero is a high score. So, so you're going expecting to just draw zero zero. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't tell me one zero is high scoring. <laughs> Ain't no fucking way. I mean, the dead ball era was. I'm kidding. No, I don't know. I know though. In the dead ball era, it was it was a pitcher's game, and then they made the rule changes early 1900s, and then obviously early 60s they changed the rules again. They uh. They lowered the mound a little bit. I just looked up most innings in a single day for a pitcher. There was a game between the Braves and I don't even know what teams they were. Both starters, Leon Cador and Joe Oshiger, pitched all 26 innings of the game. Jeez. Innings pitched records. Walter Johnson was the guy. He pitched almost 6,000 innings in his career. That's insane. Do you wanna do you wanna wrap up the thing? Yeah. yeah. All right, but I think we got plenty of content. So. Oh, definitely. We're gonna keep going um, after today. We're gonna get another episode in soon. But all right. So anyone who tuned in, thank you so much for listening. Um, we're trying to get this off the ground. Just three baseball fans looking to create some some new content for you guys to listen to. Uh, if anyone has any suggestions, we'd love to hear them. Don't forget to get that free MLB TV subscription. Um, not even sponsored by them. We're just giving out a – Giving the plug. Hopefully sponsored one day. day. Um, so, once again, thank you, and we will see you very soon. Hopefully we'll get this episode out. Thank you Let's for see. listening. We appreciate you. guys. So, I was just left. <laughs> Sal's is gone. We just finished. <laughs> we See just you, finished. Sal's. Jeez, he was not sticking around. This is strictly business for him. Sal's is just not having it. <laughs> post. Oh my goodness. Post pod talk here. Sal's just left. <laughs>